What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Goal Podcast. This is episode 24. My name is Christian Brady. On the other side of my screen is Matt Tiart. Matt, how are you doing today? What's up? I'm good. Both in Clemson, South Carolina, finally, but we figured That's it would right. be easier to stay over Zoom. So. Yeah, much easier. I mean, we could have gone together and probably done a Zoom, but... Yeah, I just... Our I schedules. We wanted to get one in, and our schedules, it just works out just to do it. We, we might figure something out for next week or something. Yeah, we'll try something. But, yeah, this, we had to get a show in about free agency. Um, that's going to be the, the bulk of today's show, obviously. Yeah. But let's just get into our first topic, which is obviously we have not had a show in a few weeks. So the Tampa Bay Lightning, in case you haven't heard, did win the Stanley Cup in six games over Dallas. Um, they were the best team of the bubble, so they deserved to win it. There's no other, no other way to put it. Yeah. Um, didn't I have Tampa in six? Uh, Dallas so. wins game one, Tampa in six, and that's exactly what happened. Um, yeah. I mean, Tampa, let's be honest. Tampa's been the best team in the league for a while. Um, they just choke in the playoffs and they completely changed that narrative this year. Um, they essentially dominated everybody. I mean, even the games that Dallas won, um, Tampa was in it. So, yeah, good for – I mean, good for them. Good for Florida showing that hockey can survive in the South. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i not pissed or anything. If it were if it were Pittsburgh or something, I might, I might have a different <laughs> outlook on who won. But um, yeah. I think it's – it's well deserved. Um, we we both been very vocal about how they choke in the playoffs in recent years. So, but again, if you look at them on paper and you look back over the past couple of years, they're the best team. So, good, yep. good for them. And I'm, I'm I'm glad that Stamkos finally got one. I'm glad that Hedman finally got one. Uh, all those guys that have been around for a while and are just consistently top five in the league. Uh, Kucherov, Point. I mean, they have so many guys, it's ridiculous. Uh, and I'm glad that Hedman won the Smythe. I think he was very – either him or Braden Point was deserved um, or Kucherov, but I'm, I'm glad it went to him. So Yeah, me too. Yeah, we were uh, we were at your place watching game, game six. I must have game seven. I wish game seven. But, yeah. Um, after they won, we were talking about who was going to win, and I said – I thought Point was going to win it, but I think Hedman deserves it. So, I made the right call on that one. Well, yeah, I, I figured they were going to give it to Kucherov or, you know. Just... Yeah, you were adamant that they were going to give it to Kucherov. I didn't disagree with you, but I thought that Point would get it before Kucherov. Yeah, so. I, I thought Point should get it. I think he led the the playoffs in scoring. Um, or in goals, goal. in goals. Yeah, Kucherov, Kucherov in scoring in points. points. But I just felt like every one of his goals was huge, um, either yeah. game tying or game winning. So, but again, Hedman was the best defenseman um, by far in these playoffs, and he obviously led them in time on ice. So, um, I'm glad to see a defenseman win it. Me too. Yeah. Now moving into next year, I think Tampa, even on paper, Tampa has to be the favorite. I mean. Yeah. And I we'll, agree. We'll talk about that later, like as the post or the off season goes on. 
see if yeah, they we make start it. to search as we start to search for things to talk about we'll start talking about next year but there's still a lot of off-season news that we have to get to yeah um matt there's this website if anyone's looking for it it's nbcsports.com the, the title of the article is pro hockey talks 2020 nhl free agency tracker it is every single move that has happened since the beginning October. of September. Oh, okay. Including like teams re-signing their own guys and free agency. Um, so that's where I got all of our data for today. But I isolated some of the main signings and there's still like 40 names here. Yeah, when I open so, the, uh, I'm gonna give Christian all the credit. He, he did the script for today. Um, he may or may have not been in class while doing it. Uh, have I been in class at all? No, none of us have. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, I tuned into a class that I wasn't giving my full attention 100% yet. Um, and I, I click on the, the link to the script. So full credit to you. And I'm like, why is the script 20 pages? <laughs> uh, it's not. It's literally a page and a half. But it's like all the signings. I mean, the last couple days, especially the first two days, were unbelievable. It was awesome. It was like the Wild West. Yeah. So, and yeah. Matt, people on Twitter are complaining about this free agency. I don't know if they're joking, but this is an odd. Like, you can't ask for anything better. Maybe day one was a little bit underwhelming, but it was still like. I think. Um, I mean, I I could kind of see it just because the pandemic is kind of changing the way people are like making moves and stuff. Um, yeah. Like people are making moves based off what happened in the bubble, and I I can see where people are getting frustrated. But you think teams also, are making decisions based off of that? Yeah, like um, would the Capitals have lost in five if we weren't in a bubble? Like if we had played the Islanders first round, right? No, they lost eight yeah. in a row. You see what I'm saying? So like if it was, yeah. if we weren't in a bubble, like things would have happened differently. I think Tampa probably still could have won or still would have won the cup. But yeah. uh, so I, I'm, I mean, I'm glad we fired weird, but that's, that's not my whole point of this. My point of this is that I could, I can see where people are getting frustrated with the way teams are reacting based on like we had a global, we have a global pandemic going on. Um, but as a, as a face value hockey fan, it's awesome. It's, it's literally the wild west. So yeah, and to go off that point, there are not a lot of long-term deals where this offseason with all of the players that are up typically would have made for plenty of seven, six, five-year deals. Absolutely. I've, I've noticed like two. Petrangelo signed for seven, and obviously we're going to get into all of these. Um, and the Foxa big, signed for five years. Like Those are the only ones. It's all one- and two-year, three-year deals. The deal. big free agent um, – the big free agent next year is Ovechkin. Um, and the Capitals, this this offseason, like between us getting eliminated and now uh, talks are on the table and McClellan has said that they're tabling it for next after next season. So hmm. uh, I don't know if that's a, a bad sign, but Ovechkin is the greatest goal scorer of all time um, and he's a free agent next year. So if you think this – off season's crazy. Wait till next season, especially with a shortened season. And I mean, yeah. we're going to, 
we're going to see how we're going to fit in a season this offseason. With everyone signing these holdover prove-it deals, too, there's going to be a lot of free agents this year recycled to next year. Um, Plus what what you just said, a lot of guys are expiring. I can tell you personally from the Bruins, Sugarast and David Krejci, their deals both expire next year. So. Yeah, those are both huge guys. Although Tuka Rask has said that he won't play a game for another team. So, which means well, he's retiring. He's going to retire after next year. Because he's floated, he floated out the possibility that – so, like, a couple years ago he said, I see no reason why I can't play until my 40s. And then this year he was kind of like, well, I mean, when I make the decision, it's going to be because I feel like I've, like my game is declining or something like that. And he's, like, kind of floating out the possibility that he's thinking about retiring. So I think next year, the season that starts, the 2020-2021 season, which starts in 2021, will be Tukarask's last year. I don't know. We'll see. I think um, – I don't know. I'm not a fan of Tuka right now, so. Yeah. But he also said – he also said – like literally to your point that if like he's not going to allow himself to decline um he was a he was a finalist for the Vesna this year so mm-hmm. he's not declining he's actually yeah. in fact at the break he was the best going hockey and it wasn't close so right um yeah i don't know we'll see I think next free agency is going to be even crazier is my actually my whole point to all this yeah well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something to think about. I guess people I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned that um, these guys signing short term because a lot of these two year deals, I mean, we're going to get there's a lot of them. Probably the majority of the deals we're going to talk about today are two year. And I'm assuming a lot of them have player options on the back end. So, right. So maybe even though there'll be more free agents next year that we yeah. see on that. Okay, I get what you're saying. Probably. I mean, that's, like, that's the way that sports in general are going. There's a lot of, like, structures in most of these contracts. Not a lot of guys sign, like, six years, $3.4 million a year on the number, no options. Like, it expires. You're a UFA at that, at that point. Yeah. That is kind of leaving the game. So, yeah, that's a good point that you made. Okay, well. We delayed it long enough. Why don't we get into it? The first signing was Josh Anderson to Montreal. Uh, we're not going to obviously break down every single one of these because there are so many. To talk about Montreal, the team, first of all, it's a good signing with Anderson. But they were very aggressive this offseason after surprising people in the bubble with not only advancing to qualifying but then playing well in the playoffs. Uh, yep. They are like a threat for next year, a legitimate going to be a good team. And they made that clear that they want to be that by being very aggressive um, with Josh Anderson. And later we'll talk about them signing Tyler to Foley. So uh, good move for Montreal, but bigger picture Montreal is here for the long run. So and if, if Price years. can stay healthy, I mean, we saw, we saw a glimpse of it. In the bubble. Um, Which, and one of the things that we've always talked about with Carey Price, and it's an important thing to talk about for goalies, is for almost his entire career, 
Carey Price has played 62 games out of 82, and that's not sustainable. That's why he, he runs out of gas healthy. at the yeah he gets hurt or runs out of gas at the end of the year. Um, but today Montreal signed Jake Allen to two for two years to be a one A goalie. Um, so he can I mean he we know that Jake Allen was able to play 50 games at one point in his career. Obviously, he won't sniff 40 games this year, but if he could play 28, 32 games, yep. that would be so helpful for Montreal to keep um, Carey Price healthy because they are now planning to make a run in the playoffs. It wasn't like this year where it kind of came out of nowhere. We'll also see, um, I mean, and we're going to talk about it when we get a confirmation on when the season is going to start. And how many games? Bettman wants to play all 82. If he's yeah. trying to fit in 82 games in a calendar year, we're going to see more back-to-backs than we've ever seen. And backup goalies are going to become the most important position. Like, it's going to be the second most important position on the team other than the goal because yeah. <laughs> you're going to have back-to-backs every weekend. Right. So you're going to need two starting goalies, essentially. And I think because of that, we've seen, well, that point plus goaltending being the number one story in the bubble. And we talked about that hundreds of times. Yeah. Um, goaltending was, I think, the biggest story in the um, free agency as well so far. So many teams are signing goalies that were not on their team last year, which is probably a coincidence, but also like super interesting. So yeah, I guess go ahead. Like, um, yeah, so we'll keep it on goalies. Uh, Calgary signs Jacob Marks from six-year, $36 million. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, v- Vancouver doesn't need him anymore, and I'm, I'm going to cry when we get to it. Um, but <laughs> good for them. I mean, Calgary needs a guy. They, they've been bouncing around uh, Riddich, Cam Talbot, Craig Smith, and they've been bouncing around like four different names for the past four years. So I'm, I'm glad they finally have a number one guy um, because Mark, Calgary's he's, he's a stud and Calgary's got a young team and, and I'm excited to see them like come back to the, maybe actually playing for a Stanley cup. Yeah. And this is one of those long-term deals that were not common this off season, but. To get Markstrom for six years, obviously for a goalie, you don't want to sign him that long because goalies are so, like, whatever. Their skill fluctuates. Their success fluctuates. But if Markstrom trends up the way he has been, in four years, he should be a Vezina caliber goalie and will have had been for a couple years and still getting paid $6 million when probably at that point the cap will be up towards $85 million and top-tier goalies will be getting paid $9 million. Yeah. Which would be a steal for them. Obviously, you could go the other way where he's not even playing in a few years and you still got that six million on the books. Then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to cut him or something. Like yeah. there's one rule that there's a rule that you can cut a player early or something and only take half of his cap or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so that would that would be an option if he goes his career just goes down the drain. But I don't see that yeah. happening. Neither do I. And I love Marstrom and I love Calgary, so uh, that'll be definitely fun to see how it plays out. Uh, another big signing, Kevin Shattenkirk, obviously formerly of the Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, signed for three years in Anaheim. 
11.7 million. Uh, so that works out to about 4 million a year. Good for him. That's a good signing. I think given the situation that Tampa Bay is in, even at that low price, they probably couldn't have afforded him. But for Anaheim, who has millions of dollars to spare because they're paying like nobody right now. And they are not good. And they're not good. That is a steal. Uh, Shattenkirk's Um, getting up there in age, but that doesn't mean he still can't bring it. He definitely can. I'm biased against Shattenkirk. Uh, He is the reason Dallas won a game. Um, (laughs) He's he's just such a liability at the blue line. He, He... he, he pinches so hard on the power play. It's frustrating. Yeah. Um, so, good. Good. Good, <laughs> okay. that, good that you're ship on a him, bad team. Ship him as right. far away from that as possible. Here in the East Coast, and he's all the way out in Anaheim. <laughs> exactly. Good. Okay. See you once a year. Okay. Dominic Kubelik re-signs with Chicago. $7.4 million over two years. About three point six, three point seven million. This is an extension, right? Because he was a rookie last year. Yeah, I don't think it's an extension. I think his contract was just up. He was testing free agency, but that was the number he got. You know. So he got a one. He had a one year deal out of his rookie deal. Well, I think he's a rookie this year, but he might be like twenty two years old. Okay. Oh, I I see what you're saying. Okay. Well, he he was Calder final. He's under the rookie deal. He was under the three-year rookie deal, but this is his first year in the league. Yeah. I just – I I knew in my mind that he was a, a Calder finalist. So, to me, it was yeah. like, why is this guy only get one-year deal? Because it doesn't make sense to me that someone would sit in, like, a farm system and all of a sudden be Calder <laughs> finalist. But Yeah. Anyways, uh, Chicago gets a deal, obviously. He's a 30-goal scorer, hopefully – He's only a rookie, but he scored 30 last year. So a 30-goal scorer for $3 million a year, um, that's a steal. And if you're Kubelik, he's holding out until he's probably 25 when this deal expires, and that's when he'll get his money if he's holding up his end of the deal. Uh, he was playing well. the second best player on that team in the bubble. Um, it was Taze yeah. and then him and then – not really anyone. I mean, that team shocked a lot of people when they beat Edmonton, but he scored five points in his playoff debut. He broke the he broke the playoff debut record. Five points. Yeah. This kid. I mean, if we just saw a glimpse of what he's capable of in the bubble, this is a massive steal for Chicago yeah. for the next few years. So good for them. Sure, they would have. Sure, they would have wanted to lock him up for more years, but at that price, you can't say no. Yeah. And Kubelik, his motivations were probably, uh, you know, this is Corona year. Let's just get it on the books. And then if I, if he scores 30 goals the next two years, he's going to, he's going to get 9 million when he's up for free agency in a couple yeah. of years. Even if he is extended by Chicago, they would extend him for that much. So that seems like a good deal on his part as well. And that, right. that could be motivation for him as well. Like Taze and Kane and the older, older guys, they're only 30. Yeah. Um, that's true they could be being they could be moved or they could be taking lesser deals in two years as well so um, you could be thinking that could have been what was said in the meeting of look hang with us two years um, and then we'll we'll pay you the big bucks if you're Mm -hmm. still ready to play so yep okay to our runner-up 
Dallas Stars re-signed Anton Hudobin to a three-year, $10 million contract. Uh, this is paying him the money retroactively that he deserves for this run that he just made in the bubble. He's unbelievable for them. He's now getting paid that money to be a backup, but either way, uh, that $10 million was earned over the past two months. Uh, the, an example I can kind of point this to is when Nick Foles won the Super Bowl, he got $9 million to sit the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is compensation. Uh, Dallas should not have been in the finals, and they were, and he is the number one reason. So g- good for him. Get that money. 3.5 to be a backup is solid. Um, and you never know if Ben Bishop is unfit to play, whatever that means, uh, yeah. you know Q Dobin's going to take his chance and run with it like he did in the bubble. So Definitely not. He's not going to ride the bench all year. And not that he'll challenge Ben Bishop for the job, but neither of them are going to be the number one, like, Kyrie Price kind of 60 games guy. This is going to be a 50-30 split, 45-35 maybe. So, uh, and enough, and again – this is a factor of are we putting 82 games in a nine-month span because if we are then you need a 1a and a 1b not not a one and two definitely okay detroit signs bobby ryan to a one-year deal one million dollars good for him hopefully he can put up some numbers this year and get his deal next year uh we talked about this when his when we were talking about him for the Masterson Trophy. Yep. Um, he was definitely going to take a one-year prove-it deal this year. Um, I'm not so happy that it's in Detroit, but at the same time, it gives him an opportunity to prove himself no matter where he is. And you know he'll be in that lineup. So hopefully he can put up some numbers and then get paid next year. I think this is a win scenario for him. Um, Ottawa bought out his contract, so good for him. And, you know, he might have the ex- the excuse, I'm putting in quotations for the people listening, um, if he doesn't put up good numbers, it could be an excuse of, well, he's on a underwhelming team, so let's take a chance on him. Uh, and then it's – it is a win-win because if he does put up numbers and they're still underwhelming, then it's like, wow, this guy was the brightest star on a not so bright team. Um, right. And I'm just happy to see that he's back in hockey. So I, if you haven't heard his story from us on our podcast or just being around hockey in the, the Masterson trophy, uh, check it out. It's, it's an awesome comeback story. Um, he was dealing with mental health. Um, so anybody that goes through that and is willing to pull themselves out and perform on a level like the NHL, uh, has all of my respect and I hope he has a long and awesome career. So definitely. Well said. Okay. Let's move on. The New Jersey Devils signed Corey Crawford to a two year, $7.8 million contract. You love, I'll let you start. (laughs) This man brought you two cups and three Stanley Cup finals when he was backing up uh, Auntie Ranta or whoever. Uh, It was Niemi, I'm pretty sure, that won in 10 for the Hawks. And this is how you repay him. That's why I'm laughing. Corey Crawford, they were like, we're not going to extend him. We're not even going to bother with this guy. 
after everything he's done for Chicago. Yeah. Who's That's Chicago's why goalie now? I don't Where's even know who Chicago's goalie is. Um, that's, that's a good question. Anyways, he will probably back up Mackenzie Blackwood, who sort of made his debut and proved himself this year. So, Malcolm Subban, like of name. course. <laughs> right, yeah. So that is scary. I changed my mind about Dominic Kubelik. That was not a good decision. If Malcolm Subban is your goalie, you should not be there. Jonathan Taze has been very vocal. I want to point this out since we're talking about Corey Crawford. He has been very vocal about how bad the Blackhawks front office has been during this short span of free agency and not being more aggressive. Um, I mean, he is the statesman on that team. Him and Kane have done it all for that team. And, again, they're the older guys, and they're really only 31. Um, And after everything, all of them, the core is done for Chicago. You're going to repay him by giving away Corey Crawford and not being aggressive when this free agency we just talked about is the Wild West. Um, Yeah, Chicago – Get your crap together. Yeah. Pretty much why I'm laughing. But good for New Jersey. Because <laughs> um, if he can if he can show up and and play as well as he consistently has for the past 10 years, then this is a steal. Yeah. And it's another thing, like you said, where they now have two potential starting goalies. So, yep. which will be very useful in a season where if they have to play 82 games in 100 days. Or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. The Ottawa Senators, in other goalie news, signed Matt Murray to a four-year, $25 million contract. That's just over $6 million a year. Um, Matt Murray has just signed his death sentence to serve a four-year sentence in NHL's prison. Hopefully, Ottawa can figure it out. I know they just made changes in the front office, and like their owner is thinking about selling the team, and I know Ottawa fans are praying for that to happen. Uh, one thing that I just learned about Ottawa, Matt, their rink is like an hour away from Ottawa. It's literally in the middle of nowhere. So that's why nobody goes, because who's going to make that drive? Just everything un- about that organization is a dumpster fire. It's unbelievable to me, and I've mentioned this a million times, how this organization was in the Eastern Conference Finals, Game 7 in overtime just four years ago. Mm-hmm. They had the best prospects to me, at the time, they had the best defenseman in hockey in Eric Carlson. Oh, not to you. That's unanimous um, at that time. They were one goal away from the Stanley Cup final. And in just four short years, they are the laughing stock of all sports in Canada. It's unbelievable. Um, they need to get there. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Matt Murray. I think Jari, obviously, I'm biased, but. I think Jari is the right guy to go with. I think he has a higher ceiling. So good for Pittsburgh and making a tough decision because it is hard. If someone wins a championship for you, it's tough to, to kick them out. I mean, I'm, I'm dogging Chicago for doing that to Crawford, but when you have someone who's an all-star like Tristan Jari, you kind of have to make that tough decision. Whereas the Corey Crawford instance is we're just not going to sign you because you're not, as good as you used to be, mm-hmm. and we're going to go with Malcolm Subban. Like, that's a little different. 
Um, but good for Matt Murray. I mean, 6.1 a year. And, I mean, is it worth playing in that city, though? That's the issue. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's a lot of money. I don't think Matt Murray deserves that, to be 100% honest with no, you. No, and, that, and that's kind of why I started that, is I am a little biased because he has trashed the Capitals on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, but since but, then, he hasn't played very well. No, and when you look at his game, his glove is not yeah. good. You and it's Gosh. noticeable to the to the the layman. Yeah, I'm a common <laughs> fan. I want to hear what your brother has to say about yeah, I don't, Matt Murray's yeah. play. Is he worth six point one a year? I would say he is not. But Ottawa, I mean, you just saw you just saw Markstrom sign for less than that, and Markstrom from all indications is consistently $6 million better than yes. Matt Murray. That's an, maybe two or $3 million better. Overall so, contract uh, he would be, I would agree. Yeah. But yeah. So it's uh, only four years. Matt Murray will like, I'd say hopefully, I don't really care, but Matt Murray, if all things go well for him, will still be a good goalie at that point. He won't be that old. I think he's probably 30 now. 28, maybe? I don't even think that. I think when they won the Cup in 16, he was like 22. Okay, so he's young. Um, so this isn't a death sentence like I said it was. But it definitely is a four-year sentence. I don't think they'll do anything while he's there. So he'll be 30 when this contract's over. Yeah. Which would set him up for another round of getting money. So he actually handled this well had he not signed with Ottawa. Yeah, exactly. Face value, great. Four years, six million. If you play well, three out of the four years, you get your with the new CBA in four years, probably getting eight million. But odds are his career is going to be over because he's playing in a dumpster fire. And yeah. please, for everyone listening and watching, clip this of me and Christian talking bad about Ottawa. Just so I know it's going to come back. I know it's going to come back and bite us. Just so that when they win the Stanley Cup next year with Matt Murray, we're held <laughs> accountable. I mean, the owner's going to sell the team tomorrow, and someone sick is going to buy it, like Bobby Orr or Wayne Gretzky, and they're going <laughs> to they're going to turn it around immediately. As much as we trash Ottawa, we saw like a like it was like on Indeed. It's unbelievable. We saw it on like Snagajob.com. It was like EP for hockey operations in Ottawa. It was like, are they really putting their ad on Craigslist right now? <laughs> oh, man. So. Uh, okay, this anyway. next one hits close to home. Yeah. Tory Krug signs for seven years, $45.5 million with my least favorite team. <laughs> that could not be that could not be a worse situation. The St. Louis Blues. Um, from what I heard, the Bruins got to a number with Tory Krug, but they were not close on years, and that was the end of the discussion. So he was never really going to come back. People are extremely mad at Don Sweeney on the Bruins side for not signing Krug. Um, I understand. We, we didn't have a lot of space to begin with, and you kind of give it all to him if you do this, uh, giving you no room to, first of all, sign anyone else. To re-sign Jake DeBrusque, who's an RFA, who's probably not going to get an offer sheet, so you have to trade him away, trade his rights away for probably nothing. Um, uh, not to mention uh, what's his name, 
Matt Grizzlick is up for contract. He's also an RFA. Uh, we don't have enough forwards to field a hockey team at the moment, so that would be an issue. We'd have to pull out guys from Providence. So I understand. I don't know if I'm glad they didn't sign him. I would have loved to have him back. But to be honest with you, I think the wiggle room is probably worth it. If you're going to have to give up seven years for him, I don't think we should have done it. So, Six and a half? That's a lot for a defenseman. Yeah, it is, especially him who's probably a third or fourth defenseman, as good as he is. They're paying him to run the power play. Let's let's get that out there. He's not there to be a defensive defenseman or to score five on five. Tori Krug is one of the best power play quarterbacks in the league. I put him up there with Carlson, Burns, you know, those defensemen Yossi. when it comes to that. So that is why he's getting paid. Over the last I forget what the stat was. I think it's over the last five years, he's second in points on the power play to Carlson, and over the last three years, he's first. So that makes it worth it for them. They, their power play is not very good, and they're a very good team. So he's going to quarterback that first unit, and that's where most of that money is going to. Well, you also have to throw in the fact of what we're going to talk about later with um, their best defenseman, signing somewhere else so they, yeah. they a number one guy in the power play they need a defenseman that's going to put up points um yeah. and we talked about it a million times that's kind of the way the league's heading um so i good for the blue i know you are still very mad at the blues right now but this is to me it's at face value this is a unbelievable signing yeah i agree i think it's Good decision on their part. part. Seven years also, ago. Krug is another guy, young stud, who is going to lead the U.S. to an Olympic gold medal in two years. Yep, yep. So, so at least I, I, have, I can have comfort in that I, I'll be able to cheer for him again. Because if he's on the Blues for seven years, there's no way I like him. <laughs> Okay. Well, Everybody. hopefully the Bruins, hopefully the Blues and Bruins don't run into each other again, and I can soften up on them a little bit. So. Everybody watching on YouTube, that Cam Neely jersey over his right shoulder, yep. I got him that for Christmas, and he just got it like three weeks ago. So, still an awesome gift. Thank you. It's signed. Um, I know you can't tell, but it's signed. It is signed by the president of the Boston Bruins. Also, my my whole point of this is that I'm going to get you a Krug Blues jersey. Um, <laughs> that would be the pettiest gift ever. And trust me, trust me, the scissors would be taken to it immediately. Scissors? You wouldn't start a fire with it. <laughs> okay. A pair of signings for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, TJ Brody for four years, $20 million, And Wayne Simmons for one year, $1.5 million. Uh, Wayne Simmons, he had a good line. I think he said strategic toughness or like skillful toughness as to what he would add to the um, – to the Maple Leafs, which is true. It's something that they need. And a deal like that is what they need because they don't have a lot of money. TJ uh, Brody, another guy who will add value to that team, but we'll just skim right past that. To get to your Washington Capitals, who signed Henrik Lundqvist. I'm going to throw up. I'm throwing up. $1.5 million contract. He will back up Ilya Samsonov. Um, I honestly think it's a good deal. You hate it. But I honestly think it's a good idea. Who better to groom your next guy than to a generational goaltender like Henrik Lundqvist? Whatever. Um, 
<laughs> he's like 47. Like, he, he, we, okay, he's, he's now Coach Henrik, though. He's not a goalie anymore. Listen, we he's going to play 30 games. Like, he signed with the Capitals because he said, I still have something to prove, and I want to win a cup. Like, bro, it's not going to be you that wins. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how that's not what you wanted to hear out of him. <laughs> Like that should be what you want to hear out of him. But you wanted to hear, I'm just here to teach Samson yeah. how to play goal. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to hear, um, we're building a pool at my house and I needed a paycheck and they offered a coaching <laughs> position. That's what I yeah, wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not, I, I'm ready to compete ball. for goalie number one. Um, whatever. It's fun. If he wins his games, I'll shut up about it. But okay. the way – the way the Rangers kicked him out of the organization to end the regular season last year, pretty much said, hey, go sell popcorn because we're paying you too much and you're not good. And then they start him in the playoffs, and he's the reason they lose because he was <laughs> atrocious one through three. Yeah, that's the guy we signed. So excuse me for ranting a little bit, but I'm not excited when we take – a Vesna winner, Stanley Cup champion, and kick him out the door and sign a 47-year-old who can barely tie his pads, uh, it's, it's frustrating. Okay. Justin Schultz for two years, $8 million. Thoughts, quickly. Let's keep you on this. <laughs> thoughts? You want my thoughts? We signed a 50-year-old goalie when we could have used the money that we signed a bum in Justin Schultz uh, and re-signed Hopi because Hopi's AAV is 4.3 with Vancouver. So okay, we Vancouver had Canucks sign the Vancouver Canucks sign Braden Hopi to a two-year, 8.6 million dollar contract. That's 4.3 million dollars a year, and that is what they gave Justin Schultz. Yeah. Okay. Basically, so I'm done. I'm done here. Minus 600 thousand dollars. Yeah. I, I will come up. With, I will fundraise 600 thousand dollars to take Hopi or Schultz straight up. When you see that money like that, those two deals, that seems like the biggest mistake this organization has makes no, It makes no sense. What, what are we doing? Sense. What are we doing? I don't know. Um, I mean, Hopi was not with the Cats for the long run. That was definitely true. So you do it now and you groom Samsonov or you make Samsonov wait. Um, there's probably – Samsonov's probably up for a deal in the next couple of years, in which case you would have – if it's this year or next year, You'd have to give him a lot of money to wait for Hopi to be out. So I get that they wouldn't want to do it, but two years is not a lot. They, Listen, I mean, Hopi. they should have done that. Hopi, I know you're listening. Three, four, five years, they definitely know, but two Hopi. years they should have. We love you so much, but I'm pissed at you because you sign a one-year $4.5 You get more money than you are in Vancouver. And guess what? When Seattle – comes knocking on the door and they write you a blank check for $10 million because you want us another cup. Don't come <sighs> breathe, breathe. If Henrik Lundqvist wins us a cup, I will take back everything I said. But at the moment we paid a guy, I don't even like $600,000 over two years less than a goalie. I would take a bullet for it's frustrating. So yeah, yeah that, there's my rant. Um, Whatever. I mean, blue line's not the problem for the Capitals. It makes no sense to me. Coaching was, and we fixed that. Hope he could have said, I want out, in which case, there's no argument here, but I have a hard time believing that he would have said no to that amount, you know? Our window's still open to win a cup. 
Yeah. We also got a Stanley Cup-worthy coach. Uh, I, whatever. I'm done ranting. Ba- okay. Bad moves all around. I'm frustrated. Okay. Terror signings with Tampa Bay Lightning. They signed Pat Maroon for two the years, $1.8 million. And Luke Shen to one year, $800,000. Um, those are, you know, you know what those signings are. Those are four, you know, back-end guys. I think 1.8 is a haul for Pat Maroon, but the guy well, brings it's over two years. So it's 900,000, which I think is like three more than Batman. Oh, okay. So. Okay. Uh, years, yeah. Then good. He brings energy. He brings the, he's unbelievable on the penalty kill and he's the goat because not only did he flash his ring in a fight in preseason, he now will flash two rings back to back. Stanley Cup champion. You don't like him. I love Pat Murray. I don't like him. I don't. And it, even beyond that, I just don't like him. Like, I think he, he's a goon, you know? Not hey. only is he – okay, he's a fighter, which I respect, and I typically like fighters and physical guys. And he does have a little bit of skill. But when his helmet comes off and you see his bowl cut and his stupid <laughs> smile while he's – like yelling across the rink at somebody else and laughing at them. It's like, how do you not? I don't. It, it has to just be me. Everyone loves him. But I, I think like to get back to to hockey sense and not ranting. Um, Pat Maroon and Luke Shin are huge energy guys for this team, and yeah. to get both of them per, for one point seven combined is huge. And I th- and again to my point when I started the show. Tampa on paper has to be the favorite to win the cup again. They just have to. Yeah, there was some losses for Tampa Bay, but you're right. And those are, that's the kind of stuff they need. They're running out of room in the cap. So players like that with glue guys, which are like invaluable, not that you pay them a lot of money, but uh, to get them for that little is important. Yeah. Okay. That, by the way, that was all the first day of free agency and where how long into this pod. Um, Holpe was the last moment, but we jumped it because I was ranting. Yeah, uh, yeah, and we skipped around a little bit, so it wasn't good. all in order. Good for him. Days. I'm f- pissed off at him because he could have taken that much money with us for one year and then gotten a massive amount from Seattle. But good for him because Vancouver is good. They are good. And yeah, he's they're going to be fun to watch, too. He's going to have some swag in front of him on the back end. So, I'm, I'm, so I'm you, excited for him. I know but, you don't want to talk about this too much longer, but I am curious as to how Vancouver decided to let their seemingly goalie of the future go for Braden Holpe. Do you think it was a deal where Markstrom was gone and they needed another guy? Or was Holpe their guy all along? I don't know. That's interesting. And they also traded for Nate Schmidt. I mean, we're going to get to that. It was in the same day. Those two signings were in the same day. So did Vancouver lose in a bidding battle to Calgary and then say, we need a goalie and then sign Holpe? Or were they like, no, we're letting Markson go because we have Holpe locked up. We're going to get the deal done later today. I don't, I don't think the, I don't think it's the second one because, um, or I don't think it's the bidding war thing with Markstrom. It doesn't make sense to me because I would I would sign Markstrom. But 4.3 a year doesn't seem like a, hey, we need a goalie. Holby, do you want to come with us for two years? 
Like, I, I don't know. I mean, again, if I were Holby, I wouldn't even entertain this deal for two years. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. for him as a for a hockey standpoint, it's awesome. Um, Vancouver's going to be great next year. Yeah, money wise and like him, why would he? Why would he go four thousand miles away to Vancouver for the same amount of money as we were? We could afford. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, let's move on. October tenth. First move of the day was the Boston Bruins signed Craig Smith. I think it was actually like after midnight. Um, Bruins signed Craig Smith to a three-year, $9.3 million contract. Um, he will probably flank Charlie Coyle. I would put him in the Charlie Coyle category where he's a 20-goal scorer who doesn't really belong on a second line, you know? So yeah. you kind of hide him back there in the third line where he's probably one of the most productive third liners in the league, sort of unnoticed. But he's not the elusive right winger that the Bruins have been searching for for seven years to play with um, David Krejci. So I like the move. It looks at this point like that was the last move they're going to make other than whoever they signed today who's some fan with a sick name. But Craig Smith, uh, yes, good deal if it were partnered with something else. If that's the deal of the offseason, I'm underwhelmed. However, I am forced to trust Don Sweeney because when he traded for Coyle and uh, Johansson yeah. in, in 2019, everyone was like, that's what you're going to do? Those are the moves? And then those were the two best players in the playoffs for them. So other than probably Tuka Rask. So um, I'll trust them until he gives me reason not to. Uh, I don't think he is – I think being as aggressive as he promised to be at the beginning, I, we must have just lost out on a couple. We were in on Taylor Hall. Spoiler alert, we didn't get him. I think he just lost a couple bidding wars because we didn't have the money to give the guys. And then he, we found our, find ourselves in a situation where Craig Smith is our number one free agency pickup. Yeah, I think it's a great signing. I think it's it's another one of those third, fourth, bottom six forward energy guy um, who has a little bit more skill than he's given credit for. I think he has definite potential to be a 20-goal scorer. And if you guys are in the driver's seat, again, going into the playoffs, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up huge and has some big-time game winner, game tire, um, 50. 13, 14 minutes uh, a game sort of atmosphere to him. Yeah, and if that's the choking Nordstrom replacement, which it kind of seems like it is, it feels like we won out there uh, probably spending the same amount of money as we would. So I like the signing. I I don't want to – I don't want that to be the thing that you take away from this episode if you're looking for my Bruins stakes. I do like the signing, and I like that we let Tory Crew go for the amount of years that he got. But I am disappointed with the total performance of Don Sweeney so far. Okay, Colorado Avalanche re-signed Andre Burakovsky to a two-year, $9.8 million contract. Berkey. Yeah, he's a former cat. You like him. Good deal. Another one where it's two years, so all of these guys are holding over until they get their bag. But that's a good one. And they, they, that's a deal that they had to get done if they were going to make the next step this year like they're expected to. 
I want them to win a cup so bad. This team is so young and electric. It's uh, if you're a young personality hockey, up the wazoo. Um, if you're a hockey fan that's our age or you're you're in high school and you're watching this team, this is the team you want to beat. You know, you want to root for. Um, Burakovsky, this is a steal in my opinion. For this much money, he played on the first line most of the season with McKinnon mm-hmm. and Rantan. So, um, super fast. His wrist shot is like top ten in the league to me. Obviously, I'm biased, but when you watch when you watch the yeah, tape, he's a great player. His ceiling is through the roof. Um, he's this is a massive re-sign for Colorado, and it just proves that they're they're hungry and uh, McKinnon wants that cup bad. Yep. All right. Cool. Detroit Red, Red Wings signed Thomas Tomas Grice to a two-year, seven-point-two million-dollar contract. Um, Grice didn't have many options. I don't think. I think Varlamo is the guy of the future in in uh, on the island. So good deal for him. Detroit is getting a good goalie. Hopefully, Mitch Corn. Hopefully, yeah. the Mitch Corn effect is like not the only reason that he was good. Um, convinced on that now. They showed a stat, and it was like Tomas Grice. He's like number two all time in wins um, with the Islanders. He's like number one wow. all time save percentage. It's like nobody's ever heard of this guy, and it's frustrating <laughs> because it's a lot, he's couple years, yeah, consistently so good. Like, yeah. I mean, he's definitely a career backup, and I'm I'm hoping that if he's the starting guy in Detroit, then he can show what he's capable of. But I think that is probably the case. When they showed the stat of he's like top five in almost every goalie category just because he's been there so long. Mm-hmm. Um, this kid is good, and it's frustrating. Yeah. This is going to be his, like, now, final. it's taken this long for him to get the spot. Like, I thought he was going to be the starter going into the playoffs. Obviously, Varlamov played unbelievable, but good for him. I've always been a fan of – Tomas Christ. So. Okay. The Edmonds and Oilers are the pair signing first. Tyson Berry for one year, $3.75 million, And Mike Smith for one year, $2 million. Tyson Berry, from a player standpoint, is the second year in a row that he signed a one-year deal. He signed for one year last year with Toronto. Yep. Now he signs for one year. This year for a little bit more. Uh, he's an offensive defenseman, the type of guy that is ever so popular now in the NHL. So I thought he was lined up for money this year. If he didn't get it, well, he didn't get years. If he got that amount of money for four or five years, that would probably be the payday that he deserves. But he must be in line for four or five million next year. So hopefully he has a good year and he can prove that. Point with Tyson Berry. I'm pretty sure he had one year left on his contract when Colorado traded him for Kadri. I think that's what That's what happened. That's right. Um, which was very shocking because as an all-around defenseman, he was the best on Colorado and all-around best defenseman for Toronto all season, in the regular season. Um, this is huge for the Oilers, especially because Mike Green retired. Um, he's going to be on the he's going to be on the power play. He's probably going to be playing 20 – he's going to be averaging 25, 26 minutes. Um Good for him. I like him. I like Tyson Berry. I like his energy. I like how he keeps everything on the down low. If you don't watch hockey, you don't know who Tyson Berry is. Um, 
And hopefully this means we're going to see some exciting people in Seattle with all these one-year deals. Okay. Mike Smith, the other guy that I mentioned there, one-year, two million. Edmonton fans were notably upset when they heard about this deal, uh, which kind of made me laugh. Mike Smith is not – he's not the guy, and hopefully he's not who they're thinking of as the guy. No, and like no you said, you want, it, you want a guy – what would you say? I said no offense, Mike Smith. Yeah, no offense. Um, he's the best. He's the best at playing the puck for a goalie. I'll give him that. We'll th- sprinkle in something nice for Mike Smith. Um, I like how you did the <laughs> yeah, just all things. Uh, yeah, so you need an experienced guy to step in and play a lot of games in this season. That's probably going to be squeezed in and in t- like not a lot of time. So. They should be not happy, but they didn't give up a lot of money, so I don't understand why they're so upset with it. I guess they really don't like him. I think the the rumors were that Braden Holpe was going to Edmonton. It was like he Edmonton was the clear favorite. Um, so I think having a consistent guy behind your star-studded, powerful offense, um, and then obviously with Tyson Berry, would have been huge. Um, so I think maybe that might have something to play if, if the Capitals, like say Holpe didn't leave or whatever, um, we were, we were in on a a big time goalie, like, uh, and then we get Henrik Lundqvist, then I, I could see how they would be mad. So, (laughs) well, yeah, I, I guess. I understand it when you frame it like that, where they were kind of like, oh, we're getting Braden Hope here. Like, this is going to be awesome. We're getting thrusted into this position where we're going to make the playoffs now. And then he signs with Vancouver, and the next day they sign Mike Smith. Yeah. Like, that's supposed to be the same idea when it's not even close. No, the fact no. is it's completely different deals. Like, I'm not also, saying that Mike Smith would have been signed if Hope he was, if Hope he was there, but it's, they don't, aren't signed to serve the same purpose. They're not even in the same ballpark. Like, Edmonton needs to get their crap together when it comes to a goalie because Cam Talbot was the future. Um, And then they – I'm pretty sure they traded him straight up for Mike Smith like three years ago. You remember? Because they're they're the ones that fought at center ice in the battle. They they swapped, yeah. Um, So, to me, it doesn't make sense. Like, get a consistent goalie because you consistently have the best player in the world on your team. Now, the basically, you can make an argument for number one and two in the world are on the same team, and you have an underwhelming goalie. Like, it's frustrating as a fan of hockey to see McDavid and Dreisaitl, and now with Tyson Berry, like, big three, and, you're get, and then it's Mike Smith. Like... That's what I was going to say. Is As a hockey fan, I cringe at the thought that in a couple years, Connor McDavid is going to be 30 years old and will have absolutely nothing to show for him. One of the greatest players of all time, the most talented skater to ever lace up the skate, has absolutely nothing to show for him. He's now five, six years into his career. Like their teams are legitimately bad. Imagine if Wayne Gretzky had to wither away in Edmonton. While, um, I mean, that's almost what's happened. While the front office just screws them up. And um, Peter Shirelli is to blame. He sent them into a frenzy. Boston was able to, um, like, 
recover from that relatively quickly thanks to some good work by Don Sweeney. But Peter Shirelli is the NHL franchise breaker. He tried to ruin the Bruins, and then he ruined Edmonton. So shame on you, Peter Shirelli. That's a hot take. But it's not a, if if me and Christian are way off the ball on the fact that Connor McDavid is the most talented player to ever put on skates, like talent wise, he's like I, I don't even know how to compare. Um, him and Mike Trout, I put I put them together. Him and Mike Trout, I put in the same group where it's like those guys are not the greatest player ever, and it's obvious. Anybody who says that is crazy, but it's easy to watch them and say, these guys are different than anybody I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, absolutely. So if we're crazy, kill us. But I yeah. mean, yeah, kill. Well, yeah. we're not, that's how confident we are that we're not crazy. <laughs> also, okay. we're, we're tired of this school work. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> some, would super this, some would say that this is the marquee signing of the off season. This is coming on October 11th, the Buffalo Sabres of all teams, signed Taylor Hall to a one-year, $8 million contract. Taylor Hall came out of last season saying, out of Phoenix, saying, I am going to a team that has a chance to win the Cup this year. He said, number one priority is winning. And his agents continued to push that. And then he signs with the Buffalo Sabres, who no, no, I, it, there's two ways to take this. One, they gave him a dumb amount of money that they shouldn't have given him because nobody else offered him that. And it made him say, okay, I don't really want to win. Or, <laughs> or this is the greatest endorsement of the Buffalo Sabres future because he thinks, well, maybe they didn't get it done last year, but they are in a spot where they can legitimately compete next year. Another thing is, how do you say no to playing with Jack Eichel and Sir Taylor Hall? These are guys who are of similar ages. They're both relatively young extremely talented. They're going to have a lot of fun in Buffalo, no doubt. Um, but one year, $8 million, he's probably looking to commit to them in the future. Um, that's sort of the vibe that I'm getting on Twitter with all these people saying, like, this isn't a holdover for Taylor Hall to go somewhere else. This is kind of like he chose Buffalo, and they're getting this out of the way so that he can get an extension with them, like, soon. So I don't know, like, the, the validity of that. Who knows? Maybe he'll go somewhere else. But that is an endorsement for the future of Buffalo that Taylor Hall is there. Well, if you remember, through the grapevine, Eichel wanted out. Buffalo, screw Buffalo. Yeah. wanted to play somewhere. So I'm assuming it was Buffalo saying, Eichel, you are the face of our franchise. What can we do? And he's like, get me some freaking help. And then they're like, Taylor Hall, $8 million sound good? Because we need help for Eichel. And then Taylor Hall's like, playing with Eichel, that sounds great. That, that to me, is probably what happened. Um, yeah. I don't think it's Taylor Hall saying, $8 million? Screw winning. I want to be the worst. Because <laughs> I gave him $100 million. Yeah. Uh, had, he, had he even considered going to that dumpster fire. But – Again, Taylor Hall in Seattle? Could you imagine? That is something I have not yet thought about, Matt. Because all these people thinking one-year deals, maybe they're like, I want to play in Seattle. That's my first thought when I see one-year deals is, oh, my God, Seattle. That's awesome. Oh, man, I'm so excited for that. All right. Toronto Maple Leafs signed Jimmy Vesey, former first-round pick, to a one-year $900,000 deal. Who? 
Yeah. I mean, it's, I wanted to bring this up so that we could have an excuse to talk about Toronto, but to be honest, I don't even, I don't even want to. They need to sign guys like this who they need to take chances on guys with low amounts of money because they don't have the money to give the proven players. They decided to do that last year when they gave uh, Marner $10 million, which he didn't deserve, not to say he's a great, not a great player, and he probably deserved that in another spot. But, I mean, when you put it as percentage-wise, like, they can't, they did not have that money to give away. Just still put lose. this into perspective, is that Mitch Marner is making $2 million more a year than a Hart Trophy winner in Taylor Hall. That, that yeah. is all you need to know about Toronto's front office. I mean, they gave Tavares all the money on earth. Yeah. Matthews, probably the only guy who deserves the amount of money he's getting there because he's the face of that franchise. He's getting over $10 million. So they are in a mess. So Jimmy VZ is not the savior, but he is like, he represents the savior, which is guys who can make a difference getting paid basically better minimum, under a million dollars. I think that's all they have. Toronto needs to bring in Billy Bean and just find guys that are efficient <laughs> under a million dollars. Like th- that's essentially what you're saying is yeah, I need this yeah, guy to score 30 goals and we pay him 1.1 a year. Like it's not going to happen, but they don't need 30 goals. They don't need 30 goals, but they need probably four guys who get paid a million dollars to score 20. They need goals because uh, their top three in an elimination game against Columbus dropped a dud. They didn't score a single goal. So, oh, not to mention, I mean, you already mentioned this. Their top three guys are top seven highest paid players in the league. And I don't know. I can't remember if I mentioned this or not. In an elimination game, they scored zero goals. So Yeah, and another thing we need to note, Matt, is that they played an elimination game this year, and all three of them had zero goals combined. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we didn't even think about that yet, and now we have to consider that. <laughs> well, um, they all three need to take uh, self-inflicted pay cuts because of the lack of production when it matters. Yeah. Yeah, Tavares, I agree. Tavares is the highest paid player in the league. $15 million a year he's going against the cap, and he is not good. He's not even, like, top 20 in points. It's unbelievable. Okay. Montreal Canadiens. Now we move on to October 12th. This is Monday. Montreal Canadiens signed Tyler Toffoli to a four-year, $17 million contract. He is probably a second-line winger, but very consistent 20-goal scorer. He's useful. Um, That's a good signing for them. And this is another one of the deals that I said – tells me that Montreal's all in for this these coming couple of years. Yeah. Sorry. I thought you were going. Um, oh, that's okay. Toffoli was in L.A., right? Mm-hmm. And then he was in Vancouver. So yes. we only got a, a sliver of what he can do when he's on a good team because L.A. has not been good while he's been there. Um, I mean, his ceiling's high. This could be a steal if he starts scoring 30, 32 goals a year. 100%. And he's going to be there. Under $4 million a year, yeah. Just over $4 million a year. This kid's good, uh, and he's not talked about enough. And, I mean, this is a guy you were, and a lot of Boston fans, wanted, thought was the answer on their second line. Yes. So, 
that just goes to show you that this kid, Montreal sees something in this kid um, that a lot of people don't. So, 100%, um, yeah. And I'm, and I'm a big fan of Tyler Toffoli for that reason. I want him to show out because not many people are saying his name. Yeah. Okay, Matt. Here's a deal that made me question my knowledge of the entry-level contract in the NHL. Alexis Lafreniere, the number one overall pick who went to the New York Rangers, signed his entry deal for three years, $11.325 million. So does that mean Lafreniere was like, okay, if you sign me for normal entry deal, I'm not playing for you? It has to be. Why else would they give him that amount of money? Most draft picks come in at like one point, first round picks, I can tell you. Charlie McAvoy, who was like a 16 overall, I think, is still getting paid $1.3 million a year on his entry deal. Actually, not still, but that's what he was getting paid on that. So why – what makes – Keep talking. Deserve, what makes him deserve almost $4 million a year right out of the gate? I, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I just don't understand, like, how this happened. Well, um – the reason I, I'm keeping you busy is my two question is what is what was McDavid's rookie deal year <laughs> AAV and if my computer will load I will tell you yeah I don't, so his base salary Connor McDavid was two a year. Two a year. No, cap hit. Oh, never mind. Hold up. What am I? <laughs> this is his actual salary. This is his, uh, this is his new contract. I'm dumb. This is why I wanted you to keep talking so I didn't look dumb. No, that's okay. I have nothing else to say. So we'll just wait through the And David's final year of his contract, his cap hit was. It looks like. Can you hear? Yeah, you went real up for like a long time. Okay, yeah. Um, it looks like McDavid's cap hit was right around the same. Do they think this I kid's McDavid? That that's that's kind of my question because. Okay. They, I agree with you. Number one overall picks are a little weird in the NHL because usually one, it's like your your argument was um, McAvoy, right? And he went like 16th. The NHL is usually the number one player overall is like head and shoulders better than everybody, yeah. like even number two. So that that's where I'm way out of my expertise here. Well, but, that's what I'm saying. I thought I understood it, but I guess I don't because – so, McDavid, you said, is around the same. These guys, if they were free agents this year, would probably get paid more than – I mean, I would say these guys. Alexis Lafreniere this year, if he were a free agent, would probably get paid more than that based on his projections for the future. My question is, like – I guess I don't know what my question is. I just thought that everybody kind of gets <laughs> signed for the same amount of money. Uh, but this was a big deal, so I wanted to at least bring it up. Okay, yeah. McDavid's was 3.7. 
so it's, it's basically the same. Basically the same. So my question is, do they think he's going to be that good? Is like my question because McDavid won the heart his second year in the league. Like everybody knew McDavid was going to change the league. Uh, yeah. came. Like I know we keep going back to McDavid, but like everybody knew this kid was number one overall. But is he going to be better than Panarin by the time his contract's up? Like that's the qu- Panarin was a part yeah. final. Right. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Again, if he's a Hart Trophy winner, it's a steal. But <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know this kid well enough. I mean, I thought he was a defenseman when we first started talking about him a couple yeah. months ago. But, yeah. um, I mean, I know he's good, but is he changed the New York Rangers good? That's the question. Who knows? All I can say is that the Rangers didn't deserve the first round pick. They only got it because of the, like a some weird like Gary Bettner probably rigged it. So that a good team gets it because they were they put one team of the teams who were eliminated in the qualifying round in the lottery and they did the lottery beforehand to see if that one team of the top 12 who were in the who technically made it into the bubble and the mystery team won the first round pick even though they they were the 12 seed and then that turned out to be the Rangers because they were the team who lost in the first round with the whatever worst record I don't Whatever, that's how it works. But I thought it was going to be the Penguins because <laughs> oh, man. of Lemieux and then Crosby. I was, I mean, I ran it about that on the podcast. I was like, it's yeah. going to be the Penguins, and I'm going to lose my You're mind. Cry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you talked about this before. St. Louis' number one defenseman, Alex Petrangelo, their captain, signed a seven-year, $62 million contract with the oh, Vegas Golden Knights. You got anything oh. on that on this Matt? I'll let you go first. Yeah, I just want to look up Shea Theodore. You cut out on us. You cut out on us. Again, one more Nate Schmidt's gone. Hello. Yeah. Go Nate on. Schmidt. Nate Schmidt's gone. He's to Vancouver. That was like their number one guy. Like he was a super young super high ceiling prospect from the Capitals when the expansion draft happened. That's why they drafted him. So, and he was an alternate captain because they don't have a captain. Um, And he's gone now. So they need a number one guy and Petrangelo, obviously they're paying him number one money. I mean, they're almost paying him 10 million a year. That's kind of my, my thought process is I want to look at their blue line as a whole to see where he exactly fits in because their their defense ever since they were born essentially has been just young guys that are hungry, ready to prove. Cause like Braden McNabb, Shea Theodore. Um, I'm trying to think of their other defensemen. They're not superstars like Petrangelo is to hockey. So yeah. That's that's kind of my thoughts. Is I want I want to see how he fits in, um, with in the in the defense room when it comes to the other guys around him, the young guys that we are used to seeing Vegas have. I don't know. I'm I'm just rambling now at this point. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely, it's a different kind of vibe for them. But in the same breath, they have turned into a physical team that. Um, 
has high-powered offense, but for the most part relies on their defense. So Petrangelo, I think, plugs in well for that, and obviously they think so too. They've invested quite a bit of money and time into him. Money and time. Okay. Yeah, so, like, okay. they're changing the way – can you hear me? They're changing yeah. the way they do defense. It's like, again uh, – Nick Holden. You're coming out again, Matt. Braden McNabb. Oh, all I'm hearing is Hello. every last name. So easy. Um, oh, all I'm hearing is every last name. Hello. You're there. You're there. Okay. In real time, in real time, Matt, Nick Saban just tested positive for the virus. Just by the way, I'll drop that and then I'll let you – Okay. Well, that's also isn't it like convenient that Florida or not convenient? That's a horrible word to use, but a coincidence that Florida like wanted to do full capacity and then like half their team test positive and they have to cancel yeah. the game. Um. All right, let's get back to hockey. Nick Holden, Derek England, Nate Schmidt, Shafee. Who who even are those guys? I mean, defense by committee. Yeah, I think that's exactly. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So now. They get Alec Martinez, who, um, if you've been living under a rock, was the guy who scored the electric game winner in 2014 for the LA Kings. Yeah. Um, stud on the power play, and he's only 31. And now they get a guy like Petrangelo, who they're paying $9 million a year. I mean, you have to imagine that's their number one defensive pair. Um, Definitely. And teams with star-studded defense, defensive pairs – Tend to do well, yeah. so that that yeah, was my whole thought before I started lagging a million times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're paying him like a number yeah. one, but and he'll probably be number one in ice time. But like you said, they they don't rely on any single guy on their back end, so that should be an easy position for him to step into. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It took twenty minutes to get to that point because I lag so much. Yeah, okay. October 13th, yesterday, San Jose Sharks signed Patrick Marlowe to a one-year $700,000 contract, and they signed Matt Nieto to the same deal. Those are two Sharks um, who left the team. Nieto went to Colorado. Marlowe obviously has been around. Marlowe's the all-time all time yeah. franchise scorer for that team, I'm pretty right. sure. So they get them both back. Those are kind of novelty deals, I imagine. Uh, I don't know how good the Sharks are going to be next year, but I'd, that's not to say that those two guys can't help them out. I think they can. Um, we all we skipped over Kevin LeBlanc, too, who the Sharks signed. Oh, I'm sorry. I, no, you're good. I was waiting to throw that in. I figured this would be a good time because we we're talking about the Sharks. Yeah. Um, if they can get healthy, the, on paper, they're a good team. Um, yeah, I don't see that it wouldn't be. I don't understand what was going on with them last year. Um, Marlo, I saw a stat today. I think he's like 53 games away from breaking Mr. Hockey Gordie Howe's games record. Um, I didn't know Marlo was playing that long, but he's the number two overall pick from the 1997 NHL draft. To put that into perspective, he's old. He's been playing professional hockey longer than me and Christian have been alive. 
So good for him. I think this is a this dude's older than a bag of bones, but he's done so much for our organization. Let's give him a one year contract. That's that's yeah. what it is. Um, Nieto is a guy in the penalty kill. He played for Colorado last year. He was unbelievable. He showed up big in the playoffs in the bubble um, as a guy who killed off penalties and and would yeah. score in the weirdest moments ever. And then Kevin LeBlanc, um, I, I've heard his name a lot. I just haven't paid attention to him as much as I have <laughs> other guys. That's a perfect explanation of him. I am in the same exact boat. Yeah, Kevin, like, you hear Kevin LeBlanc, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy plays for the Sharks. Yeah. I couldn't tell you if he scores 30 goals or not, but they're paying him $5 million a year, so hopefully he shows up. Yeah. Uh, I think Nieto probably could have gotten more, but this is kind of one of those hometown, hometown discounts that happens after that's not your hometown anymore. Like, he took that amount of money so that he could go back. That's my first impression of that. I think yeah, he probably I mean, could have gotten more. Oh, again, guy, he's the guy who could have gotten more. As someone who weirdly paid attention to Matt Nieto in the in the bubble, like this is great for San Jose. Yeah. So. Okay, and then we move on to today. Uh, the Bruins made a couple signings, but none, nothing of note. Greg McKegg is one of those guys. He'll be a fourth liner, I'm sure. But the last deal, which we talked about before, Jake Allen signs a two-year, $5.75 million contract to be their 1B goalie. Um, we talked about Montreal tonight, so we're not going to go into it. But, Matt, that's all I got for free agency. Um, Jake Allen, wasn't he the guy before uh, Bennington robbed him yeah. of a starting job in St. Louis? That's so, true. Allen's got something to prove. Um, he obviously won a Stanley Cup as a backup to Bennington. But you can bet – I mean, he's not going to take Carey Price's job, but you can bet that – they're going to rely on him, like you have mentioned already, to play 32, 35 games. And you can bet that he's going to want to win every one because when his contract's up in two years, he's going to want money. He wants to prove that he can still be a number one, not a 1B. So, 100%. All right, Matt, that's all I got for today. That's all I got, too. I've ran – my throat hurts. I've ran it so much. Yeah. It's all that's season. Good one. So, throwing it back to the old days. Man, where no. we would, where we would two and a half hours. spew but, Corona all over the mics in the library. <laughs> Before we even knew it existed. Yeah. All right. So we'll be back um, intermittently for off the offseason, talk about awards, um, the playoffs, predictions for next year, everything. So we'll get into Yeah, we want to get back. Enough, we want to get back quickly. Uh, sorry for the, the few-week break after the Stanley Cup Finals. We uh, – School gets busy, but oh, yeah. we want to get back Very soon to kind of wrap up, like put a nice bow on last season, kind of our thoughts on the bubble as a whole and the awards from last season and talk about why Dreisaitl deserved the heart and not Panarin. Screw you, Rangers fans that are listening. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, that's the best way I can describe it. We want to get back next week yeah. so we put a bow on the 2020 season. All right, Matt. We'll plan on it. All right. See you guys. Thank you. Peace.